This is episode number 18 with Dick Valentine. Welcome to the I Love Music podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, I got to interview Dick Valentine from Electric Six. These guys are veterans to the music industry. They have 12 full-length albums under their belt and a new one coming out later this year. Be sure to visit electric6.com for all their upcoming tour dates. We recorded this one on the back patio at the Bootleg Theater in Los Angeles. So for part of the interview, you will hear some background noise. All right, let's get into the interview. So what music influenced you growing up? Growing up, well, um, the, my first, uh, I would have to say the Beatles was the first band I got into when I was maybe four years old. I got into their greatest hits. I, I had access to their the, the Blue album uh, when they all had the beards and kind of looked like, you know, your uncle. Yeah. Um, so that the blue the blue greatest hits had like Strawberry Fields and Magical Mystery Tour and all that on that. Whereas the red greatest hits was like the Hard Day's Night and all that. But and so I gravitated towards the the later stuff. And so I that's why I've never been a, a big Beatles fan because that was the music that I would listen to when I was four to six years old. So I outgrew it. And then it was only kind of later in life that you realize how how good it was because to me it was kids' music. Right. So I'd say the Beatles was the first band I got into. Um, then as a teenager, it was kind of whatever was on the radio or MTV. I went through like a or preteen really. Um, was very much into the police, Duran yeah. Duran, Duran uh, Men at Work, that kind of stuff. And then in high school, I was obsessed with REM. So high school was just all REM all the time. And then it wasn't until I got to University of Michigan where I, I, I took a job at the college radio station, just had access to the library. And I you know, got into everything at that point, um, you know, even you know, uh, world music of, of sorts mm -hmm. and went through banjo phase and, and uh, Appalachian stuff. So, and you know, it wasn't just rock and roll, even though um, that was when I started playing guitar and stuff. So yeah. that's, a, that's probably a nutshell of... of so, so college was the time when you started to... Was, yeah, it was really the awakening of, of like getting outside uh, what you were hearing on the radio and, and, yeah. and, and that, that sort of thing and had an idea, you know, had ideas that um, songs didn't have to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus um, and, you know, uh, an array of styles. So it was, just, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a broadening of my horizons at that point. How did your first band that you, you know, started, how did, <laughs> how did, how did it form? I'm trying to think what band that would be. I mean, um, you know, in uh, college no, and well, high school. I, I started out trying to play the drums. Okay. Uh, I wasn't, in retrospect, I wasn't very good, but it was the first instrument I started. I had, um, I, I had a couple high school projects where I was the drummer, and we would do a lot of like Cure covers, REM covers, um, and we had like one gig where we played out in Hamtramck, um, and then, and then I also was the drummer uh, for a group. Um, called Witch Hiker, which uh, I, got, I got replaced pretty quickly, and it was a friend of mine from high school, and they, okay. actually, they actually went on to be a kind of a bigger band in the Ann Arbor party scene. Um, so that was that, and, then, and when, I got, when I got fired from Witch Hiker, I, it, was, it was great because I was young enough to realize maybe I shouldn't be the drummer, maybe I should be the person who fires people. So I was young yeah. enough to, to make that connection, and like, I'm gonna write my own songs, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in the position to fire and not to be fired. And uh, so that's that's why you see Electric Six going the way it's gone. How how did Electric Six form? Well, uh, the the what became the Electric Six, um, I guess, started with my friend Steve Christensen. Um, we started a two piece called the Wild Bunch, and it was just you know I was guitar and guitar and singing, and he was the drummer. And then he he took a job um, down in Louisiana, and so that was the end of that. And then I I met the original drummer of the Wild Bunch, Corey Martin, 
and we we started just recording in his basement, and then we had like demos of Gay Bar, demos of I Lost Control, My Rock and Roll, and then we wanted we knew we wanted to form a band, and these other three guys that we went to high school with were available, and that that became the Wild Bunch, and the okay. Wild Bunch played in Detroit for five six years as a local band as a five piece band, and then we'd have interchangeable keyboard players. So that was that was what that was most directly what became Electric Six. In 2003, then that was that when one of one of the songs like kind of took off like early 2000s like over in the UK. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, that song "Danger High Voltage." Yeah. Uh, we recorded that in the year 2000. Um, uh, I had actually lived out here in LA for a year. We had taken a hiatus from the band, came back, and that was one of the, one of the songs we did. Okay. And then. Um, it, it it just that that song um, for a variety of reasons uh, was on on the radar of, of a lot of people in England and we got signed to XL Recordings and uh, and that's why we had to change our name from the Wild Bunch just to something else because there was already another Wild Bunch that we didn't know about yeah and uh, we came up with Electric Six after like three months of debating what our name was going to be because it was and that was the like the such a neutral name that no nobody hated it enough to yeah. quit so yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it even though I don't know what it means and. You know, uh, you know, if I, yeah, you know, I can't, I still can't believe I'm a band called Electric Six because it's just it's <laughs> not a, not something I would choose. What was it like uh, getting signed um, back then? What? Well, it was incredible because we had, uh, we had, uh, you know, five six years. We had a couple of demo deals, one with Hollywood Records out here that didn't work. We had a guy from Roadrunner come and look at us, and that didn't work. And, yeah. and so we just had a couple. We just thought it was never going to happen, and then when it did happen, it happened so quickly, and and. Um, and, and it's such a, you know, we actually had a couple hits. We weren't just a band on a label that didn't have hits. Like, we actually went from zero to, to being um, in the rotation uh, right. very quickly. So that was, it was pretty cool. How did the music video come about? How, like... Oh, for Danger? Yeah. Uh, well, that was, um, it got farmed out to the directors, um, uh, Tom Coons and Mike McGuire, and they, um, you know, they were interested in the song, and, and uh, the concept of the video was their idea. I just showed up and, and, uh, and, and did, did as I was told. And, uh, you know, when you're making something like that, you, you have no idea how it's going to look or what it, how yeah. it's going to be perceived, and it, it, right. it became what it became, so. I mean, yeah, that's like, it's such a good song. <laughs> such a, yeah, all, all, all the factors were there. I mean, and you know, it's an iconic video, and um, we were just lucky enough to, at that point, to have people funding us and, and, mm -hmm. and uh, and those two directors like wanting to work with the band and, and uh, make it work financially because they could have gotten a lot more money. They, right. they, they took a lot less money to do that video than, than, they, than they were worth at the time. So, yeah. Um, what are what have been some of the challenges like over the years for you, um, um, be working in the band or just the music industry in general? I mean, you're asking me the the, the big the biggest challenge for me is I mean you're a six man band and we tour um, as economically as we can and yeah. uh, it's just trying to. Trying to get everybody uh, not not on the same page musically, but just on the same page as, as human beings. And uh, you know, I've seen uh, I've seen levels of OCD and and uh, and and you know, pickiness and uh, just people picking really small battles. For, so for me, that's always been the challenge because I'm I'm you know I try to roll with everything and I just don't see the world that way. And one thing I've learned is that many many people do. So it's a challenge for me because I feel yeah. like I feel like a freak because because I'm because I'll eat anything and I'll smoke anything and, yeah. and I'm on the road with people who will not yeah. and, and so for me that's that's the, you know, if you you know if you want to get on the same page as, as me uh, every now and then you, you have to eat the shit sandwich <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely yeah yeah um what's the creative process like for you when you when you dive into like a new album what 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 components go into that 
Well, we have a, a great pool of uh, musicians and writers in our band. Um, yeah, so it's just basically uh, Tate or Nash or Dave will will, um, will submit a demo. Okay. And, or and or I'll write the music, and we just all kind of you know collaborate that way. And yeah, I write the lyrics. Uh, the last few albums, John has produced them out of his house, and uh, before that, we did in-house production with with a couple other people. Okay. And so we were just kind of a home recording band, and you know, we again we maximize our budget. I mean, we don't we're low budget everything at this point, but that's that's how we keep going. Is that we don't uh, we're not striving for a high budget at this point. We're, we're very aware of where we're at and not trying to be anything that we're not. So. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Um, what keeps you going? Like, wh where does your drive, where does your drive come from? You know. To uh, I, I, the, the, yeah. The short answer could be because I have a mortgage and this this pays it. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. The, you know, it's yeah. it's still just an amazing job. Um, you know, I've done it for a long time now, and you know. Yeah, after 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 13, 14 albums, you do wonder like, or you actually maybe I should do something else. I mean, maybe it would be healthy to do something else at this point, and that's you know it probably would be, but um, you know we 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 still enjoy it, and uh, you know also it's it's easy and it's it's exciting. We are working on a new album right now, and uh, and you know you're hearing the new songs and you're like, wow, that's a really good song. So like you know cool. you're glad that we're still doing this because then you know we're at least creating that song, that album. So. Do you do you have a favorite album of yours of like all time? Of yeah, for me it's Heart, Heartbeats and Brainwaves without a problem. I mean that's without thing. I mean I just yeah. it's like start start to finish that that things like it's 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 way up my street. Um, I re you know I really like uh, I like Mustang a lot. I like uh, I like I mean I like them all, but uh, you know th those two probably stand out for me. So when is the new album gonna be out? When, like, where are you guys in that recording process? Oh, uh, it should come out September, October. Uh, we're, we're pretty cyclical that way. Um, um, you know, one of the reasons our, our record company likes us and keeps working with us is how how prolific we are. Uh, I'm not even sure that he, I'm not even sure that he listens to the albums. He just like yeah. he just like he just enjoys that um, that he gets a product every year, and uh, you know he likes us as people, and I think that's that's, that's enough for him. So um, That's great. yeah, right now we're, we're still assembling. We're kind of piecing together songs. Um, in May we'll do drums and uh, and vocals for real, and then and then uh, kind of mix mix and master it in June, July. Turn it in then. That's how cool. that works. So. You're hearing right now. Uh, what band is opening for you tonight? Or the oh, they're called Residual Kid. Um, okay. And uh, I'm learning more about them every day. They've been on tour. They're, they're 18 years old right now, but they've been going for five years. So they've been touring like since they were 12 and 13. Oh wow. Um, and I guess you know they've been on the radar for a while. And you know, just you know, as you can hear, they're 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 pretty pretty solid for <laughs> yeah. for, for kids kids that age. So. <laughs> we're sitting on the back patio right now at the uh, bootleg theater. Everybody. They've already got a manager right now. I know you manage bands, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe you can talk to him, pick his mind, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so. uh, do you do you have any fun memories from being on the road or being overseas? You. I mean, uh, uh, sure. I mean, I and I can't think of. I mean, it's been, uh, you know, 15 years of doing it. I mean, there's there's yeah. been a lot of. I mean, every day is fun. I mean, but you know, but mm -hmm. then again, you know, we're not. We've met famous people. We've met semi-famous people. I, I can't I can't say what though stands out because uh, you know done so much and. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's an amazing lifestyle. Just some of the cities that you get to see, uh, friendships that you forge along the way. I mean, these things all add up. Those are the things that, like, when you know, if you have an opinion about our band or any band, yeah, um, you don't see those things. Like people are like, this band sucks. Why are they still going? Well, they're still going because, uh, you know, because next week I'll be in Barcelona for free. You know, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you if you if you think our album sucks, you're, yeah, or yeah, your fans. You well, yeah, but I mean, that's, it's, you yeah. know, it's it's a it's a free market. I mean, uh, right. You know, any band is any band that's still going is going because they because they can. You know, um, right. you know, and so it's it's always uh, it's always 
you know, it's fun, you know, people who have no idea of how it actually works or, or what, what's in it for people. Um, yeah, it's, 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 that's why we keep going because it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and again, the travel is just amazing. I mean, I get to go, yeah. to, I get to, go to Europe twice a year and, you know, I know, and I'm cog cognizant of the fact yeah. that most people work their asses off, save for like eight years to go to Europe once. And, right. and I get to do it. You get to go all, twi all, usually yeah. twice a year or more because sometimes you do solo stuff yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So, that, yeah. Yeah. so that's it. Yeah. How, um, how, how did the solo the solo project come together? Uh, it's, it's just something it's something I can do it's something I enjoy doing and yeah. it's, it's a nice way to experience touring without doing doing it with the band uh, I get to go at my own pace yeah uh, play the song you know play whatever songs I want to play every night and it's it's more intimate and um, yeah I just en I enjoy doing it once a year especially in the UK and Ireland because I can take trains everywhere and it's just um, yeah. you know, I'll just walk from the hotel to the gig with my guitar feel feel like Bob Dylan and, <laughs> I and, like that. yeah and uh, it's a uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. So I enjoy doing that once a year. and I'm going to do it again this year. How um how have you seen the music industry change over the years since from like back in the 2000s up until now? Like yeah, I mean, uh, I mean when we got our record deal, that was kind of the last window of um, bands being signed by A and R people, at least as far as I know. Yeah. Um, um, you know, where you could actually get a, a sizable advance, and, and uh, I, nobody knows how it works anymore. Even people who still work in the industry, and, uh, yeah. you know, record record sales. It's just it's so hard for record companies to make money, um, so, and there's just no window for them to sign and groom bands anymore. Like, like you know, we'll sign you, and three three albums from now is the one we'll actually sell. Like nobody nobody thinks that way anymore. Um, and then even as simple like when we started touring in 2002 2003, like um, there wasn't even wireless internet then. I think oh, I think about that. I, I, oh I, I, yeah. I think I, I yeah. think about rolling into clubs in like 2005, 2006, seeing people on their laptops. I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, the internet. I'm like, like, do you have to plug in anywhere? And like, you know, like, so yeah. Even like, I was touring before wireless was everywhere. Yeah. So so so, so did you use maps? What what was your uh, like, how, how did you, how did you get from point A to point B uh, you, back back in the I mean yeah I, I we would. Um, We'd like, we wouldn't even price line hotels. We would just like see, oh, there's a hotel. You know, like, like yeah. that looks like a hotel. And like, oh, they don't have rooms. We got to go to the next exit. Like, yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, now, now you just you have your hotels reserved. And yeah, um, yeah it's, it's crazy to think about how, how, how that has changed. And, you know, like, uh, it's like you look back at the, like the 1800s and everything's in like black and white. But then, like, you know, I look back at 2003 and like, you, it seems so long ago, but yeah. uh, like everything, you know, um, these, these music clubs all look the same back then, too. So. <laughs> So for the like the smaller bands, the baby bands out there, do you have any advice or like encouraging words to them for for the bands that they're you know people are starting now or involved in? I, I just always say do music because you enjoy it and don't expect that it'll work out. Um, it's uh, you know you should always have a, a plan B uh, and a plan C, and you know if you if you have a day job and then music's your hobby, that's, that's a great thing too. And you, you might actually be writing better music um, as, as opposed to like having to worry about touring and stuff at that point. But if you do get to a point where you're touring and um, you know, you, you, A, count yourself very lucky that you're doing it because most people don't. Yeah. And, um, and B, treat it, treat it like a job and not like a mobile party and, and pick your spots to party. But um, you yeah. know, yeah, you, you just, venues always remember who you are. That's for sure. And if you're, and if you, if you're in uh, if, if you're the band that trashes the, the, the dressing room or, or, or demands this or demands that, they might not want you back. So it, it, um, I think that's the key to our success is how agreeable we've been and how easy we, we, we try to be to work with. So, What was the, back in the day, like the Ann Arbor, like Detroit music scene, um, what, what was the feel back 
back in the like late late 90s yeah late 90s well it was a lot of fun uh and we, you know we we it was there's a lot of you know you knew all the other bands and you know we'd go to the same house parties as them um i mean that said uh, it just you never it ne you, ne you didn't feel like you were in in the middle of this scene or at least i didn't that yeah. all these people would be writing books about and you know, the first time I saw the White Stripes, you know, if, if you would have told me that they would became what they became, I would have thought you were nuts. Like, I just, yeah. I, and like, I remember the first time I saw that they were headlining. I was like, I was like, they're headlining? <laughs> 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 and I'm like, how's that possible? Like, they're the perfect, like, little cute opening band. And, and yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it, so yeah, at, at the time, and it, like I said, I took a hiatus and moved out here for, for a year. Okay. And I called one of my, my bandmates and said, how are things in Detroit? And this is 1999. He goes, it couldn't be more dead. And like this, that's supposedly 99 is supposedly the golden age of Detroit. Yeah. So, so, so it's like yeah. when you're, you know, when you're like, when, when you're, when you're in it, you have no idea. So, right. You know, yeah. So, so. What about, what about the Jack White? Cause like there, there were some rumors that like on one of the songs. Oh yeah. That I mean, <laughs> yeah. That was, well, that was him, but, um, it, okay. yeah, yeah. That's, that's him doing the, the vocals. Um, cool. yeah, I, he, you know, uh, I've not talked to him in over a decade, and he, yeah. he and I were like, you know, I obviously we were acquaintances, not friends. Like right. it was always pleasant to see him, but I, yeah. I never, never, never hung out. Um, but yeah, he was, a, he was a good guy, and and I'm always on the record that if he wasn't on our song, I, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. So I'd, you know, I'd probably be driving a forklift or something. So he was a yeah. big part in this band uh, getting a foot in the door for sure. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just I really love that Jack was involved with helping you guys. You know, get. Yeah, with helping you get your foot in the door. Oh yeah, um, yeah, no, it's, it's it was huge, and uh, you know, it was it was, uh, it was it was cool that he came and sang on the on that song, and he did it before they had broken big. I mean, I doubt he would uh, I doubt he would have uh, been involved with us or, or agreed to do it if uh, you know. But he was always he was always cool about it. Never never came shaking us down for money. Um, you know, not that he needed it, but um, yeah. it's uh, yeah. Like I said, it's all it's a lot of credit goes to him for what happened to us. Yeah, I remember seeing them. Uh, back in the day at the DIA, yep, and just like for a dollar, and I was just—I was at that. I was at that show. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was at the oh, show. Oh wow! Before, before yeah. we, yeah. before we met, yeah. But I, I was like, yep, yeah, that was a good show. It was. It was all right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Why do you love music? I ask this to all my guests. Oh wow! Um, I don't know that I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. mean, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I, I mean, at this point in my life, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I gravitated towards it. Uh, you know. I don't know. I, I was like, uh, I, I gravitate towards lyrics, I guess, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, pleasant melodies and stuff. But I've never, I've never um, obsessed about guitar tones or, you know, mixes or things like that. Um, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I just, I, I like it's, a th it's like a three-minute escape, and uh, you know, when you hear a really good song or a catchy song, it's, it, it's, uh, it's always a nice little, you know, it's like taking a bubble bath. I guess, so that's why I love music. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so where are you guys going next on tour? Oh, oh uh, we're, this, is a uh, this is a really interesting tour that we do every year. It's um, um, tomorrow we're in San Francisco and we work our way up to Western Canada from there. Um, so uh, on this tour we get to be in, um, well, we start in Chicago and we end in Milwaukee, but we go the long way. So start in Chicago, go down through Texas, Arizona, SoCal, San Francisco, then up to British Columbia and then over to Winnipeg and then finally to Milwaukee. So it's just a, a big horseshoe of North America. And uh, you, know, it's, you just cover a lot of ground, a lot of different climates. A lot of feels, you know, like yeah, you know, two shows from now I'll be in Whistler. Like we play, you know, it's, it's like you know, I'm in LA tonight, so right. a lot of miles to cover, and it's just a different vibe because it's a ski lodge up there. Right. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's interesting. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh no problem, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. Your, your legacy, your leg, your legacy with Electric Six. <laughs> uh, uh, no problem.
<laughs> Thanks again to Dick Ballantyne for being on the show. Thanks to the Bang Ups for the theme music. This has been the I Love Music Podcast with Jen Fedor.